Welcome to the 10th episode of Bistigual Podcast, your favorite crafty queer Canadian content. I'm Kelsey, and I am doing the intro on my own today because John is not able to make it, and this is totally fine, and it's going fine, and this is not at all weird. Nope. John, this is weird. Damn, I don't know how people podcast by themselves. This is super weird. Um, to rescue both me and you, the listeners, uh, we have a super special guest coming on who will be joining shortly, and she is one of our featured dyers that we will be stocking up by Stitchel, our brick and mortar yarn store, which is still such a wild thing that I get to say, and it still doesn't feel real, but I'm super excited. Debbie, hi! Thanks for joining hi, us! Kelsey, thank you so much for having me! Um, everyone, this is Debbie of The Loving Path, who will be one of our featured desires that we will be stocking at Bistitual. Yay! Hi, everybody! <laughs> and not only that, we are super, super, super excited to say that we will be the exclusive home of The Loving Path in Toronto. Yes, that's exciting. So if you want Debbie's extremely beautiful yarn, which you absolutely do, <laughs> you gotta come visit us. Definitely make your way down there. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm thrilled for that opportunity. I don't, um, I don't wholesale very often because I really like to be the face of my own yarn. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a huge labor of love, as any dyer knows. And um, just to put it out there, um, without, I don't know, like explanation or like you know the stories that go with every colorway and is really hard for me. So I don't do it very often. So it really has to feel right. And um, when I met you and John, it really did feel right. So here we go. We'll see how this, where this journey takes us. Yeah. And yeah. loyal listeners might know that John and I were introduced to your yarn on our second <laughs> episode. <laughs> Hi, Morgan. <laughs> Hi, Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we spent, there was like a solid hour of audio that just got cut out because it was just like me and John and Morgan like <laughs> on Instagram looking at your stuff being like, oh my God, do you see this one? Look at this one. Oh, that's so sweet. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And Morgan's lovely. Morgan is lovely. Yeah. Now we can just fangirl over Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that was really, I haven't listened to the episode yet, but because I've been busy dying for a wholesale order oh so it's been a little crazy but um yeah I had to go listen to that and you know early on in dying it's like when you see a dyer pop up too close to where you were you're like oh my god there's another dyer in London or or wherever but then you start to realize like everyone is so different and you just plug along to your own thing and you know everyone builds their own fan base and it's mm -hmm. you know it's a pretty saturated market at this point but um, but yeah, there's room for, there's room for everyone because there's just, everyone's so different. And it's, it's like, it's like painting. It's like art. Like you can, you can both be painters. You can both be artists, but you're never going to make the same thing. No, even if you took the exact, if someone gave you the exact same quantity of each dye that goes into a skein of yarn and you, you would interpret that differently. You would apply it differently, right? It would come out looking different. Yeah. So. John and I actually discovered that when we used the same dye solutions to try to dye the same yarns and theirs turned out magically and mine looked like toothpaste that right. I spit out. <laughs> I saw those pictures. I don't think it looked like <laughs> toothpaste, but. I don't think the toothpaste picture went up. Maybe oh, well, I, I saw something that like, I think um, I implied Aquafresh. Is that what it's called? That yes. kind of. Yes, it was exactly Aquafresh. John yeah. had never heard of this, so I had to send them pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, <laughs> I knew what you meant as soon as you said it, but <laughs> yeah. But I'm of an age, right? Like that, we kind of grew up with that two space. So anyway. It's nice that there's not, animosity is not the word, but like, I don't know, is there competition between dyers or is it like you're all colleagues in the same industry or is it all like separate? Like how, how does it work between dyers? I don't know. Like I, I'm a pretty, quiet private person like I don't I mean I see a lot of people out there like doing tons of collaborations and like you know and that's not that I don't love everybody that I see it's just I'm very very introverted so and I just prefer my own company and home and so it's hard for me to put myself out there so I don't do a lot what a lot of dyers do which is just kind of like these big like Instagram posts and lives and I did it started a podcast 
two years ago. And that was hard and I haven't done that in a year, but that was still really awkward. Um, anyway, to answer the question, I, I have not experienced that myself. Like the, the few divers that, that are in London um, and the surrounding area, like we're all very, I think, supportive of each other. I mean, they've all certainly supported me. And um, if I haven't bought yarn from them, it's it's not because I don't love it. It's just because I have enough. <laughs> but I'm uh, but I'm very supportive of them as a business and happy to promote them when they've got stuff that's very that I would not ever do. You know what I mean? So I don't think that there's not not that I've come across. And I think most other like at shows and stuff like that, you see um dyers go around to each other and my god i love this and can we swap and like let's do a trade like we've done lots of trades and so yeah i don't think that there's too much animosity that's so lovely that i, I know my my background is in publishing like mm -hmm. and specifically specifically like speculative fiction so it, it was a very competitive industry and like there'd be tons of just yeah just like the idea of like if this person is succeeding with their book, then that means that mine is hurting in comparison. And like, so there's always that weird dynamic of like not totally supporting each other. And I'm like, it's been so nice to come into this like fiber arts community and everyone is so lovely and like supporting everyone else and like, you know, like introducing artists to bigger networks. And like, it's just, it's so lovely that everyone has been so supportive. Yeah, I think that it's a pretty special community for sure. Um, and I mean, you know, I've had some shout outs from really big people and I've hopefully in, in turn re repaid that, you know, paid forward kind of thing. Yeah. It's nice. It's really nice to be able to do that for people who are smaller and up and coming. It's, it's, it's pretty great. I mean, it's good. It's funny though, right? Cause like some of the shows, they're all like really small to start with. And now, I mean, every time I kind of scroll through Instagram, there's like new people starting to die or new bag makers or new, you know, um, progress keeper makers or what have you. Um, but like, I think it's a pretty big world. And I think, you know, some, there are some guys that have a massive part of that market. And then there are smaller <laughs> ones that are like, you know, it's, it's nice to fill in here and there where you can. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's all pretty much everyone like is pretty good Everyone's with each other. So nice. yeah. I've, I've been very worried about the, like telling people that we're opening a yarn store because there's already like, there's already a few in Toronto and mm -hmm. For much sure. more you know established ones that are very important and beloved for all the right reasons and like so I was worried just telling people like oh we're doing one too that we were gonna get a lot of side eyes but you like on our first post like at least three other yarn stores like commented and were so excited for us and we're like yeah welcome to the community and it's just it's been so unexpectedly nice well I mean like there's Toronto there's so many neighborhoods you guys can have a lot of yarn shops and it not be too much right because like you had said before in Toronto 20 minutes on the subway is or or driving or what have you is like it's a good chunk of or like to get somewhere that's like however far away right it takes time and not everyone wants to do that people like you know a coffee shop a bookstore like a grocery store and a yarn shop in their neighborhood <laughs> you know we don't want to travel a really long way and um where i live like the closest yarn shop to me is the other end of a city or like another city that's 25 minute drive so they're both about 25 <laughs> minutes um, there is a new one that's just reopening up. It used to be two blocks from my house and now it's two blocks the other way. She left and then she came back. Oh, nice. um, but um, yeah, you know, so, but really like that's it in London, in the area. And it's just not really enough, I don't think. But we're also a small city, like 500,000 people just under that. And it's can't really hold too much more than that. But uh, yeah, but Toronto can, so good for you. <laughs> I think it's amazing that you that you guys did that. I'm so, so inspired by your courage because <laughs> during a pandemic to start a yarn shop is like, <laughs> what? Absolutely. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of, oh, that's oh. really brave. But you only live once, right? Like if this is what you yeah. wanna do, do it. Yeah, and I'm extremely impulsive. And like once I have, and not even just impulsive, but I also like fixate. And so once I have an idea, then like that's gonna happen or I'm yeah. gonna die, like one yeah, or the yeah. other. <laughs> I'm the same. And there's no way that like we were going to casually talk about having a yarn store one day and then not do it like 
literally right now. Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and there's never going to be a perfect time. No. Like you could think this to death and there will never be enough time or a perfect time. There'll never be enough money, right? There'll never be the perfect spot. It's always going to be, well, what if we just wait, like just do it. That's how I live my life too. And so I get that. Whereas there are people who are very, yeah, you know, like you need to uh, examine all the different things and is this the best time, place, use of our money? <laughs> That's why I love having John as like my business partner because they're like that, they're, they they fill in the gaps that I, that I sorely lack. And I'm like, yeah. let's spend all our money now. Like let's buy all the yarn. And they're like, we should do a business plan. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Ugh. So they signed us up for a webinar or a seminar for a, is a webinar uh, just an online seminar? I guess it was a webinar. I think so. Yeah. For like Good a, for them. Yeah. For like a business plan meeting. And I had to like get up at 10 o'clock for it. And it just, I just want to go buy yarn. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. And now we have a business plan and that's great. Good. Yeah, it's good to have an understanding of how you're going to run things, right? Because sometimes running by the seat of your pants isn't. Sometimes it is <laughs> a good idea, but sometimes just having a bit of structure is helpful. Yes. So yeah. we balance it out. We balance each other out very well, I think. That's great. Well, you need that, right? You wouldn't want two of you who were both just wanting to buy yarn. And I know they want to buy yarn too. They want to buy yarn. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> they're also just a little bit more pragmatic <laughs> I mean they've worked yeah. in retail for yeah over a decade so yeah they they know yeah. that's like me lots of lots of retail experience but still I would still want to buy all the yarn like when you're opening your own thing it's just like oh my gosh but, <laughs> yeah. mm. we got the uh we got the keys to our store yes it's such a cute little space and yes and we are we've started to get in yarn I think right now we counted we have like 600 and something skeins of yarn and it's just like it's all packed in the corner and it doesn't make a dent in the space like it is so much bigger than we thought yeah but you know what you're gonna want lots of like um empty space right to walk around and yeah. to move and like have a beautiful big table you can sit and knit at or whatever yeah. and, right so I was thinking about the space the other day I'm like oh put your table in the middle <laughs> and just like be so nice we ended yeah. up, yeah, we have, so my, my great grandmother had these chairs and everyone in my family hates these chairs because they're so ugly. And it's just like, they're like, they're like that, like ugly dog that is just so ugly. It's adorable. And you love it <laughs> like that, but chairs. And they're these like hideous, like orange and yellow ones, orange, one yellow, like weird, not quite square chairs, like kind of like we almost trapezoids, trapezoids. Anyway, they're my great grandmother's. And then my grandmother wanted to get rid of them. And then my mom wanted to get rid of them. And the whole, the, for like decades, I've been swearing, one day I will have a house and I will want these chairs. Like you cannot get rid of these chairs. And I don't have a house, but I do have a yarn store. And now these yeah. chairs are in my yarn store. And they're so perfect. Oh, it's so good. And we have this like little like knitting hangout area with like the two chairs and the table in between. And then we have a bookcase behind it. And we have our like take a book, leave a book set up. Right now it's just me and John, so yeah, that's fine. But like, eventually, <laughs> I have some books I can send to you. Okay, because I've got some I was just gonna give to Goodwill, so I'll send them to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, exciting! Ugh. So and it's just like it already feels. So right now it's literally this like cute little setup where we do our work and drink coffee, and then just like boxes of yarn. But like, it already feels like very homey and nice. Yeah, and it's just like it makes me happy to be in there. It's gonna be so good. I'm so excited. So excited. And we're going to have a big old display of your yarn because we're yes, super please. excited about that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's well underway getting working on your order. I've got two colorways left. That's it? Yep. I think just two in like a half. I think that's it. Yeah. So fast. So yeah. And I didn't. How, I, how did you did, do that? I don't know. I didn't die Saturday, Sunday or Monday. What? <laughs> that's like inhumanly fast. I know. I'm not complaining. I'm very excited about this. Oh, yeah. It's like there's a bunch sitting here. I'm like, oh, I'll bring some for a sneak peek, but you probably won't be able to see it because of the colors. No. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I can't tell. No. But yeah. oh, no, that makes me want to see it more. I know. I can see colors on that one. Yeah, this one's like creamy base with like, this is the Stargazer. So just creamy Ooh. base with, anyway, 
this is not helpful for the podcast, but anyway. <laughs> but it's helpful for me and my excitement, which is I all know. I care about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it'll get people excited because they can't see what yes. we're talking about. They need to come down and see it. Is one of the colors you have left the exclusive custom colorway you're doing for us? Oh, yeah. So I guess I have three. I haven't, it didn't talk to that one. <laughs> in. So yeah, that one. Yeah, three. Yes. Yes. So I'm going to be doing that for you guys. Do you have ideas for it? I do. I do. You want to know? I don't know. Do I? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. You could open it up and just be like, I don't know, because I'm going to show you first before I send it, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so in my head, I was thinking it'd be kind of fun to do like a really pale, like, because you guys wanted the more muted, right? Mm -hmm. So muted kind of pale pink kind of base. And then use purple and blue as like more of the variegated accent with maybe like a shot of brighter pink maybe I don't know um I don't know but I was thinking because often like when people do stuff like that they'll just like leave the base cream or often that happens right and then they mm -hmm. speckle or whatever on top and I'm like oh if I do a pink and just kind of so that that can shine through as well I don't know we'll see so I'll probably go through a bunch of games trying to figure it out but oh my gosh I'm so excited and maybe not maybe the first one will be like yes <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it but yeah, so that's exciting, fun to work on okay. soon. I wanted to get this stuff done before I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumped into like that. I'm like, I'll give myself some time because I get really stressed and I'm like, oh. And then like the weekend was my son had, um, he's in musical theater. And so he had his big show. It's all virtual, but he had to have his, there's kind of like each kid in the show, there's 16 of them have like a pretty big main part, but it's all like vignettes. It's kind of how they're doing it. So his was due this week. And it's like a big piece. Um, and he's he's essentially like plays this kid who is pretending to be straight, but he's not. And he, no one knows. But the but the jock knows and keeps calling him gay. And he's just like, and so there's this big reveal at the end about like how he's so tired of hiding who he is. Aww. It's really sad. And I was in my room listening to him do it. And I totally welled up because like yeah. he nailed, he kind of nailed it. Anyway, I had to help with that on Sunday and Monday. And then Friday and Saturday were kind of like the research and lead up. And so I just didn't get anything done on the weekend, which is fine. It's a long weekend. But yeah, so I've got a little bit left, but not too much. That's so exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to like make a pile of them like leaves and then just like jump in it. Well, it's your yarn now. You'll be able to do that. Yeah, I can do that. Just do it. I'm sure people will be lining up to buy yarn that I have rolled around in. <laughs> It's all its spent labels and tags. <laughs> Probably my purple hair dye. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. do that, I promise. That's, like I said, it's your heart. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we keep busy with that. Yeah. Super excited to send that off to you next week. I can't wait. We're getting all of our shelving delivered on Friday. So okay. we're going to be spending, I don't know, the next five years putting all of it together, probably. And then your yarn will have a beautiful home. We'll have somewhere to put it by the time you get it or by nice. the time we get it are you doing display like um like uh shelf or hanging both okay we're doing, i just we have rows of um shelves along the bottom and they'll have like cupboards and drawers and stuff for like kind of storage and then yeah you know, back stock and then there's going to be three um upright shelves and then mm -hmm. in between those, we have pallets for our hanging. And so like the yarn will be hanging on like the pallets, which I think will set it off really nicely. Mm -hmm. Very excited. We're going to stain it like probably like a kind of grayish to match the floor. And so all oh. the beautiful colors will like pop. pop against it. I always love, like when I go into a store um, and everything's like in shelves or bins, it's like, you can't see what you're looking at, right? It doesn't, so I always think fine, like hanging yarn. And I remember when I first started doing shows, um, and I had all my yarn in like beautiful wooden crates, but you know, it's all kind of stacked like this, right? Mm -hmm. So you can see the end of it, but you can't see a lot of it. And I remember when I first got my first grid wall to do uh, a fiber show and I was hanging it all. And I would text my friend, I said, oh my God, like this is so shoppable. Like it, it kind of changed everything for me as far as like how I even perceived my own yarn right just because it looks so different when you can go in and see these beautiful colors side by side and and kind of draws customers in 
they oh, oh, that goes really well with that. They I always put them together. Like you know, I'm just like, did you do this is a fade right here? I'm like, I know. <laughs> That's what I did on purpose. But and then people literally would come and go and take all of it because it was made, their mind was made up. So I just was curious if you were going to be having hanging or if you were all doing mostly like crates, which works for I think tunnels and things like that. And that's exactly, that was kind of exactly our thought. We're going to, the, yeah. um, probably not crates because we want things to be like very visible. Oh wait, no. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking crates on the floor. So we were initially going to do crates shelves, but we decided to do like shelves that had a bit more flexibility. Yeah. Um, and so like the tonals will be kind of out like end out. So you can get, you can get the full vibe of what the yarn is from the ends. And then the ones that are yeah. like the gradients, the, yeah. the variegated ones, the, the, ones with a bit more going on will be yeah. all hung vertically mm-hmm. nice and I can't wait to organize them it's gonna be the best part it's so good so much fun Ugh. and it will take you I don't know if you're anything like me but you can my friends always laugh when I go to shows because it they go like half hour before we open and they're like set up and it takes me hours because I like things a certain way mm-hmm. um so yeah like it has to things have to go beside certain things and you know, because I mean, it has to look appealing to the eye too, right? You don't want people walking and being like, oh, there's this beautiful, I don't know, purple next to some, all the colors I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, no, that would go, no, that would work. No, that. But you <laughs> know what I mean? Something that doesn't work. I love purple and orange together. Do you? Yeah. My, one of my favorite palettes is purple and orange and yellow. Huh. I have, I wish it was close by, I'd show you, but I have a beautiful Icelandic sweater that I made that the body is purple lopi and the yoke is yellow okay. and orange so good I just love it now that you're saying this I'm picturing my beloved orange and yellow chairs and my the shade of purple is like in the same shade range as the orange and yellow so like I am orange and purple and yellow on yeah throw chairs. a purple cushion on those things it'd be oh, awesome I have a, I have a blue one right now but knit one up yeah maybe I will be cool or get somebody you need to get someone to do some samples for you guys right for the store true. too very true mm-hmm. and so your opening date is you said do you have a confirm or you're still kind of like a little bit? We were, I, I optimistically was like, we can definitely do this by November 1st. And John was like, nope. Nah. So John, John has um, convinced me that November 15th is probably more realistic, but it'll right. still depend because there's still, we're still waiting on a good chunk of yarn. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of just depends when we get stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you've got 90% of it, then you're probably fine. If you still were excited to open you could push it but yeah if you don't if you only have half of it yeah <laughs> it's not enough yeah I think we're still waiting on five more maybe six so it was still not enough to open yeah yeah yeah, for sure so yeah so these ones are all yours and they already have their labels on them things are busy so I've been getting a lot of like requests for customers which I have all summer long like since the quarantine started but this past week and a half, maybe less, last week, it's like eight orders that are custom. So I'm like, okay, so I'm dying into like the end of next week. Like, so I'm sending your stuff out Tuesday, right? At the end of next week, because it's just been so busy. Oh my goodness. Which is great, but I'm like, you know, sometimes you're like, I really am looking for a down day. <laughs> I want a down day to do nothing, but that's not happening. Do you find I it mean, hard to like give yourself breaks or like downtime when you when you're doing your own like your own business yeah sometimes I mean I'm pretty good at knowing when I need some self-care like as an introvert usually like I said when I've done a show or something like that like I take I need a week after that to do nothing because I'm tired and I just need to recharge but when it's stuff like this like I don't I'm pride myself on customer service so I don't let people just wait and my son's always like well just don't respond right away and I'm like no that's not how I am <laughs> and you know like he, trying to get him to understand you know it's a business if you just don't answer people's emails or requests then they'll just go somewhere else go elsewhere or you know yeah so um I do I'm, I do do self-care I do give myself a break but yes it's can be it can be hard it can be hard Although the quarantine's been good because it's not been show after show after show. True. So there's been a lot of uh, different kind of downtime and a different kind of work, right? Because now I'm prepping for shop updates, which I don't get a chance to do a lot of during festival season. So 
like do a big run for those and prep for those and then I can take a little bit of time to just relax take a week off and hang out with my kid who's like I never see you I'm like I'm right there in the kitchen (laughs) (laughs) do you want to talk a bit about your yarn actually and like you know who you You are what you do if you ask me questions I can answer them so when did you start dying okay I started um about eight years ago when my son Isaac was six he's 14 now and he wanted a new pair of mittens and I said that that's so we've always been homeschoolers right it's not a COVID thing for us (laughs) it's like our lifestyle and so I said that'd be kind of a fun project so we went to the yarn shop and we bought some undyed natural wool and we stocked up in a bunch of Kool-Aid And here in Canada, you know, we don't get as many Kool-Aid flavors as they do in the United States. Mm -hmm. So I just got what I got and I gave him the packets and he decided, he opened them to see what they looked like. And then he decided where he dyed stuff. So he dyed them all himself. Oh, fun. And um, he dyed this incredible little skein of yarn. It was the most beautiful muted palette with pinks and blues and subtle browns where they overlapped. It was just stunning. And so I knit him these mittens and he wore them till they felted down to nothing because he just wore them all the time. And they were like, you know, started off and they were, when they were done, they were just super (laughs) tiny. And uh, that kind of became the start. And then it was super addictive, right? Like everyone says, people get into it. They try it once like, I want to do that again (laughs) because it's fun. And um, so we had a bunch of Kool-Aid and undyed yarn. So we dyed a bunch more and um, I sold a few of them and gave a bunch of them away. And then I think for Christmas that year, my husband gifted me, cause that would have been like around now, I think eight years ago, it could have been nine years ago when it started anyway. And so he gifted me that year with professional dyes. Oh, lovely. And so I kept dying and dying. And by the end of like, by the new year in the early, like late winter, maybe March, I had this Tupperware, or not Tupperware, but a Rubbermaid container full of yarn. And he's like, what are you going to do with all that? And I said, I guess I could try to sell it. So I did my first show that spring. It was the summer of 2013. And I was terrified that nobody would buy it, right? And you don't know, like I priced my stuff basically how I saw other like luxury yarn priced because indie dyeing the way we know it now was not a thing back then. There were some indie dyers, but not in stores that we could just go and buy. Like Zen Yarn Gardens maybe have been, was probably the most hmm. prominent of something. And yeah, so I did that. And then it just kind of took off. The first person came up to my booth and she said, I'll take these two. And I was like, oh my God, I wonder if she's looked at the price. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I was kind of freaking out. And then I said, that's $60. Cause I think it was like 30 at the time. And she's like, yep. Yeah. And she paid me cash. And I was just like, and that was like the first sale and the first like, okay, I've not oversold myself here. Like I'm not priced up too high. People understand. Um, yeah. And that was great. And she ended up working at a local yarn shop. And so I got to know her even better over the years. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of where it started. And that would have been, I guess, seven summers ago. Oh, that's so lovely. And I love that like your whole family had a part in like you becoming. Yeah. And like my, my husband, I have to say, like, I wouldn't even be here without him really, because he's like the person who lugs all my stuff everywhere. So the little show that I first ever did is literally three blocks from my house. And it's called gathering on the green. It's this big open green space and it's a hundred percent handcraft handmade festival. Oh, wow. Um, and so he would take the car, load up all my stuff, which in the beginning wasn't very much, but by the end, like now we need to like get a bigger vehicle. Um, and he would drive down there and set up my tent and set up like all that stuff. And then Isaac and I would walk down and then I would set up all the yarn the way I wanted it. And then I'd sell for the day and he'd come back at the end of the day, help me take everything down, drive it home. Isaac and I would walk home. So yeah, it's been, it's been a huge family affair really because they helped me go to shows and set up and they spend the night with me at the hotel and it's super fun oh I love that yeah and it's funny to look back at pictures to see like where I was that first show which with my like literally like I would have like five little skeins of yarn like sitting like this in a pile 
that was like one base. <laughs> I have another base here with like five little skeins of yarn. And now, you know, it's like hundreds of skeins per base. So it's been fun to grow and to do that nice and slowly so that I don't feel overwhelmed. As we've talked about before, like some dyers go viral like overnight and I think I'd have to shut myself down if that happened. I don't think I could handle that at all, like um, mentally or physically. I don't think I could handle that. I mean, that that dyer in particular handled it better than I think anyone could have been expected to. I don't know how. I don't know how they did that. (laughs) It's absolutely terrifying. It is, it is. And, I, and so sometimes my son's like, you should do this, do this and try and get bigger. I'm like, no, I'm really good. <laughs> I'm busy and it keeps me busy seven days a week. I'm really just fine. I don't, haven't had to hire staff yet. Oh, that's coming, I think, because Exciting. I've got a friend who um, has helped me a lot over the last couple of years. So um, that's probably on the horizon. And yeah, you know, I mean, just little bits here and there, but sometimes you can't do it all yourself, right? When you're a one person show and you're doing all the, the yarn prep and um, yeah. And then you're like doing the dyeing and then the drying and the skating and the labeling, just like over and over and over and over again. It's hard. Does your son still dye dye yarn with you? He's, he's quite the muse for me, actually. So he hasn't done anything recently, but he's, big into musical theater and we've done a lot of stuff around musical theater so I have had in the past um like a mini skiing club called an ode to musical theater where I would do like a musical every month and based on that musical I'd pull like six songs or whatever and die a mini skiing based on each of those songs and um and sometimes I'll just so that's been a big inspiration um and same with my advent calendars they've all been musical theater based and um and yeah sometimes I'll just say to him like like pick colors and like or like look for things that what inspires you and so he he's he's pretty creative and he's really good with color like he's got a very very keen color eye I'll put all the yarn out and say you know go through and I, I here's the pattern and I would like a color palette to do that and he has no problem pulling colors and putting them together you know when you look at something long enough you really stop seeing options sometimes Mm -hmm. and he'll just come in and like without even a hesitation and with so much ease and just put things together and I'm like that blew my mind okay (laughs) he he likes to be creative and to be part of it so I'm like that's the perfect outlet outlet for creativity Mm -hmm. yeah then you get to work with yarn and like is there anything better than that and he loves to wear like he will I, like every year I usually make him a sweater and um, it's usually the flax light because he loves that sweater and it's just super plain and like in the best way. Oh, it's a um, for sure. Right? But you can like, you could stripe it if you want. You can just use a beautiful speckled yarn variegated. It just will be different every time. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I want the same sweater, but here's the, here's what I want, <laughs> right? And he'll change it up. And every time he gets like, oh my God, that sweater is amazing. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. My, um, my mom was my first ever customer with Knit Me, um, and she bought, she bought one of the beginner knitting kits, and she taught herself to how to knit with the, with the kit, um, which she was able to like my test to make sure that, you know, people could actually make sense off them. Um, and ever since then, she's just like gone off on her own, and she's just become such an excellent knitter, and she, Amazing. she now subscribes to my subscription box. <laughs> um so every month she gets one every month she gets one. Oh, that's and amazing she's been, like she she's um she's got a tiny bit of a backlog which is very stressful for her which I think is very <laughs> funny because like I just have mountains of whips everywhere but she's like she's keeping up and she's like she's you know like totally able to do all the designs or all like all of the patterns that I do and like she's just like it now knitting has become this thing that we share and she'll call me and be like I have these questions about this pattern or like, let's talk about this yarn or let's talk about like knitting. And it's just like, now it's just this like lovely thing that we share together. Oh, that's so special. It is. It's nice. I, um, that's why I hope that Isaac gets involved in the business too, because, you know, especially now during a, like a pandemic time, like ideally next year he'd go to get a job and I'm like, I don't know if that's even safe or, or if it will even be allowed. Like, well, exactly. Who knows where we're heading. Right. Uh, tell us about your house. Hey, so, cause oh, so I was just tell you, but cause I, where I knit and die and work. Right. So we live in an 840 square foot cottage, that's which is 
which is like what 200 square feet bigger than your store <laughs> yep yep it is and it's where we live and like homeschool all day long and my husband now works from home every day oh my and goodness. where we dye and store all the yarn whether it be undyed or dyed or like stored to sell like you store it in your house as well holy heck <laughs> yeah so you know like that's a little insight into where I make everything and create it's very much I joke sometimes can we buy a bigger house and keep this house as my studio because it would be perfect yeah I don't know it's it's a tiny little space so we make it work but it's kind of there's kind of yarn everywhere that's how it should be in my opinion sure but it, it can make living a little hard sometimes I'd like to have a dedicated space we're working on that but it's not it's not here yet but yeah if you if you if you visit John and Kelsey at their store <laughs> and you can picture just two really small bedrooms off the side of that store, that's my entire house. Woof. That's. Yeah. Good thing y'all like each other. We do very much. Yes, <laughs> we do very much. It would be hard, I think, if we didn't. Right. It hasn't it hasn't resulted in my husband and I <laughs> declaring this thing over yet. <laughs> We're still good. <laughs> but anyway yeah it sounds like a very just like cozy and creative space like I can I can just imagine like the energy that radiates in that house is it's pretty good creative and welcoming is the sense I'm getting yeah it's pretty good it, it can get a little cluttered as you might imagine with stuff right yeah I walk in the front door and you've got your living room dining room kitchen it's all open concept and then three bedrooms off the side and a bathroom oh my goodness yeah I mean that's just, really all you need it's, it's I always say it's kind of nice because for our family, you know, you're always together. It's fine for us. That's so lovely. Yeah. I wouldn't want it any other way. But yeah, that's where I live and work. So it's Which part also of the... makes sense why your yarn is so deeply personal and like rooted in your family and inspired by your son. Like, how could it not be? Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of where my yarn started. And now it's been eight years and it's growing very slowly and very like, consistently it seems very steadily and consistently yeah and I th it's perfect for me because I I needed lots of time to adapt to growth mm -hmm. I'm not a very good under like I'm not very good under pressure so it's been perfect do you still carry like your original colorways from when you first started or like how is your how is your dyeing grown I think the first couple of years I mostly did one of kind colorways I didn't even think about repeatable colorways I think it's again because indie dyeing was still so so new it wasn't what it is today um where people were making sweaters out of indie dyed yarn right like it it was so so rare to see anything like that and then once I started to realize that that was kind of like a big deal people really kind of wanted that then I, I ventured over and so from that point yes I have a whole bunch of um colorways that are original that I still carry and die and um and then I'm always trying to bring new ones in but it's there's a few that are quite special from the very beginning that are fun to continue to to stock and see who buys them and what they make and they kind of grow a little bit too though right like it started off maybe as a little bit more um like muted or whatever and just how how the colorway even though it's all the same stuff changes a little bit depending on like as as you learn new skills as you become more comfortable with the craft or the art whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. um they've changed a little bit too so which ones were some of your original I have one that I haven't died in quite a while called Willy Wonka amazing I know and it's um it was one of I think it was the first ever repeatable color when I died and it was because that year Isaac was in production of Willy Wonka <laughs> and I so this is how he's inspired me right oh, that's so um, lovely. so it was his first show his first musical at his theater company that he's been with now since he was six that so when he was in Willy Wonka he I thought we need to commemorate this a little bit with the colorway and so we did that and that one was super fun purple and a bit of chartreuse mm. and yeah really nice yeah and I look at it and it just screams Willy Wonka to me probably because that's what I called it and like that's what I know it as but it also kind of I think of like the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka and like the purple coat and like yeah it's a classic, classic yeah yeah Wonka. yeah 
So that's the one I can remember off the top of my head that's coming to me really clearly, but I'm sure there are others. I'm picturing my die book and I'm like, I can't see any others right now. So when you, when you're dying, like, or when you're coming up with new colors, do you have an idea first and you die to match it? Or do you just like experiment and then you name it based on how it shows up? Both, depending on what I'm doing, right? So, I mean, as an example, when you're doing like Advent calendars for Christmas, I usually have um, the songs because I've always do them an ode to musical theater. So mm -hmm. it was always a song for a musical. And so I'd have the song first. So then the idea would come from that, right? That the song would be the inspiration. Um, and sometimes it works like that in other ways too. Like this one here is, oops, you can't see it, but you know, Forest City. Yes. Right. So that's named for my city, London, which is known as the Forest City. So oh, that... Yeah. Yeah, because when it was founded, it was founded in like at the forks of the Thames here. And like it was basically carved out of a massive forest. But then other ones, sometimes you just experiment, right? And and things go together. And I can't sell a skein of yarn unless it has a name. That makes sense. Absolutely. Like I, I've had some that have sat and sat and sat forever. And it has to be the right name. Like I can't, my husband will sometimes chime in. I'm like, oh, you're fired. Please stop. <laughs> That's not a name that I could ever use. Like, but it has to feel so right to me. And I know when it's right. I'm like, That's what this one is. I feel that way about my plants. Like, I feel like- Oh, do you name all your plants? I name all my plants. And because it helps me, it helps me like connect with them and then like remember them. I have right. a couple like dinky ones that I got in trades that I don't remember or I don't, I never named because I don't like, you know, I don't feel emotionally connected to them. Right. And then I always forget to water them. But like the rest of my plants, like I- I get to know them. I spend like a week or two. I get to know them. And then I just name them based on like what I feel their personality is or like yeah. what, what, you know, what their presence says to me. And then I just, and then I love them and then I connect to them and then I never forget to water them. That's amazing. Well, that's how I feel about the yarn, right? Like mm -hmm. the name, the name helps you connect to them, but yeah, they all have stories and they're, they're all special. So when someone comes along and says, oh, I really love this. And I'm like, oh, this is its story. I think that's important to share. I think people really feel connected to yarn too when they're buying something that they know has a story, not just, uh, I just dumped a bunch of color on this and this is what I got. Like, Absolutely. yeah, because you're not just connecting to the product, you're connecting to the artist and like the yeah. history of this thing. And like knitting itself is so, it's like an art so steeped in history and like traditions that are passed on through generations and like, stories through the yarn stories through the objects that are knit stories through the the reasons why like the sheep like you know the sheep every sheep that the wool comes from has a story mm -hmm. like the dyers all have reasons why they're dying this yarn like it's all just like there's so much history and tradition throughout the entire craft and I just I love every bit of it mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely I think you know like my grandma taught me to knit when I was seven and um I mean, she had to reteach me every time I went to visit her because nobody else in my house knit. So, you know, you'd, I remember the first time I went there and I had these two big, bright plastic yellow needles and she helped me cast on. And then I literally, for like 10 minutes, I was in the living room and really all I was doing was passing the stitches back and forth. Like I wasn't actually making more. <laughs> and so I went there and I was like, Grandma, something's not working. Like these are just, they're, it's not growing. And she said, oh, you're not, you're missing a step, a, vi a vital step. And so then once I got the hang of it, I'd go home and I'd practice and I'd bring back this piece of knitting, like, you know, a couple months later and have holes and be all like it's thick, thin, thick. Cause it, the cast, like, you'd be yeah. adding stitches and dropping stitches. And, um, and then like, I just got better and better. And then in my early twenties, I picked it up again. I remember going to Romney wall and I bought all the mohair because I loved mo mohair. Yeah. So it's funny when mohair came back this past couple of years, I'm like, yeah. I love mohair and um, I would knit mohair scarves just multicolored mohair scarves I'd buy oh, a bunch wow. of colors I loved and I'd just stripe a mohair scarf um and hats and things like that and did that for years and years and years and then I think my first sweater was a sweater I knit for my husband who was then my boyfriend mm -hmm. so the the myth about don't knit, knit for your curse? boyfriend yeah it's not a curse been uh, together in, for 17 in years in my experience oh. it has absolutely been a curse oh okay well okay <laughs> But it's not a unilateral curse. I'm, what I'm super saying. glad to hear that, though. <laughs> We've been together 17 years, so you know married for 13. So it's not a curse. That gives me hope. Yeah, I'm still not gonna make sweaters for any more people. No, nope. but that gives me hope. That's, that's totally fair. Make them for yourself. You're worthy. <laughs> yeah, that is. Me. I do that. Yeah, 
Me too. Can't break um, up with myself. No, and why should you? <laughs> why would you? Um, yeah, so so yeah, I mean, my grandma, it, it all came from her too, right? Like that, she's the reason I knit. And I think if she was still here, she'd be so, you know, maybe like confused as to why <laughs> I'm doing this. But like, I think she'd be proud of where it got me. Yeah, her influence. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we have a pretty special relationship. Oh, that's so lovely. And then you get to keep that piece of her throughout everything else that you do. Like, yeah, wouldn't be where you are if she didn't teach you how to knit on those like giant plastic needles. Oh my gosh, those needles were hysterical. My grandmother can still see them. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I can still see them. Do you have a favorite colorway? Um, Are you, or is that like when you can't pick between your children? Kind of. But at the same time, like, I think if I had to say I have a favorite, like I say they're all my favorites. If you follow me on Instagram, you will see it very often. I say, this is one of my favorites. This is one of my favorites. I mean, they're all favorites in a way, but I think, and it's probably, I don't think I even have one here. Oh, it's in my sweater, but you can't see that. (laughs) You can. So um, if I had to pick one, I would probably say Simon, which is this beautiful dark, charcoal right. blacky gray kind of color mm-hmm. that I dyed years ago as an ode to my black kitty, Simon. And he, we lost him uh, January, 2018. Oh. After, after a bunch of years of like health issues. So he hung on for a long time and he was quite sick and we thought we were gonna lose him way sooner. And then we nursed him back to health. And I was like, he needs his own colorway, right? This beautiful dark, dark black kitty. And then we lost him and I was so glad that I had given him a colorway. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's knit into my Spike sweater. And um, and I really love, I mean, it's it's not anything fancy, right? Cause it's a, just kind of like a tonal, um, but it the meaning behind it is very, very special for me. So yeah. So, I mean, I could, there's, I also really love like, if you want something that's more, um, really love this, which is, Actually, I really love my Epiphany collection, which just came out this past January, which is my birthday is on Epiphany, um, which I'm not religious, so we don't, I've never, like that's never been a thing for me, but I always noticed growing up that my birthday was on Epiphany. And I was like, I don't know what that means. But then of course I researched it and stuff. And so I was like, I'm an Epiphany baby. So this year I released a collection on my birthday that is like, so there's six colorways and they're all like have an undercolor of um like green pink purple blue teal and orange they all have this beautiful undertone under color and then they're quite dark on top not on top but like it's almost like marled yeah I don't don't Um, even know if you can see that at all I can't really see the colors but like you can see the depth like you can see the depth of shades and like that there's so much going on yeah, like they're very dark and moody. So there's hints of color, but they're quite dark and and moody. And, um, and, moody. and they're all named for things that are really important to me as a human, Aww. right? So Epiphany is my birthday. I, you know, I was, I was born three, two or three weeks early. So the fact that I was born on that day is a bit of a surprise anyway, because, mm-hmm. you know, like I shouldn't have been born on that day. Um, <laughs> and... So we have intuition, courage, compassion, authenticity, wisdom, and empathy. Well, those are all beautiful. Those are all the names of the colorways. Yeah. And those are just things that I try to live my yeah. life by. And like, that makes, the, that makes for such a co- cohesive and beautiful collection. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I'm pretty proud of that. That was a really fun thing to work on and to kind of develop. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I don't know, there's like lots of fun little colorways that I love, like elements I really love, which is like, you're getting a skein of that or you're getting a bunch of that, but oh, yeah, yeah, like it's just beautiful greens and browns and orangey rusts. Mm-hmm. Um, but Simon is pretty special to my heart and I kind of want to knit him into a little bit of everything I make. So he's kind of with me no matter what I'm wearing. So I usually knit like even just a row of that color way into everything that I make, even if it doesn't work. I'm like, I love that so much. Yeah, yeah I, we lost our, our family dog in April, the one like I've had for half my life. And I just, oh, yeah. I so it's, regret not being able to have something 
like that of hers that I can yeah. keep with me. Yeah, that's. That was it's lovely. not too late though. I know. Maybe. I, again, she was like she was. Again, she was she was fifteen. She was she was quite old. Um, yeah. But then, like near the near the, like throughout the last year, I was thinking like you know I want to get like a print like I want to like get a print of her paw print so like I have her paw print. And I kept thinking, yeah. like, next time I go home, I'll do it. Next time I go home, I'll do it. And then quarantine started, and then I didn't get to go home. And, like, I just, yeah. I, I, I wish, you know, I had that. And I would have done this super, like, super basic, like, I have my dog's paw print tattooed on me. But I would absolutely have done that. Yeah. Well, they touch us, right? In such a, you know, like, yeah. Simon, I had him since before I was a mom. Right, he was two years older than Isaac. Isaac's 14. So he would have, he would have turned 16 this past summer. And um, yeah, so I mean, he was my first baby first and an absolute soulmate. He picked me out of the entire, like I, we went to, um, to look at him. He was like born to a friend's cat and went to look at them and all the cats, we went in and sat in this room. They'd cleared the room and they all kittens bounded out of the closet where they were staying, except for him. He kind of wobbled out and he crawled into my lap and he sat down and he didn't move. Oh no. The other cats were bounding around the room and jumping and chasing their tails and falling over. And he was like, I'm going to sit right here. That's your cat. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is the one I want. And then she tried to give it to somebody else because oh. there was another black cat. Oh, he wants both the black cats just because, you know, it looks good. I'm like, I won't take a cat then. And then she <laughs> accused me of being silly. I'm like, oh, whatever. But like, that was my cat. That's the one I want. Absolutely. So she relented and I got him. <laughs> good. <laughs> And like, you know, yeah, he was, he, he had health issues that I have suffered from in oh. human form. I just understood him so well. He was a little introvert and he was also a little skittish um, as I can be when like, you know, whatever. And so I just, we just understood each other really, really well. And yeah, so he was my little soulmate. So it was hard to lose him for sure. I'm so sorry. And that's a long way to answer that question. Whoa. It was, it was a journey, but it was a good one. <laughs> Is there anything about your yarn that you've always wished someone would ask you? I don't know. Clearly not off the top of my head. <laughs> I don't know. It's just really exciting to be doing something that you love to do that people appreciate, right? And I'm so excited. Like, the thing I'm most looking forward to is, like, seeing people's faces when they walk in. <laughs> like, I just, I can't wait to see that all day of just, like, people walking in and seeing all of this yarn for the first You're like, time. Like, I made this happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Ugh. It's the same like when you're doing a show or something and people come in and you're like, oh my God, this is so, you, you know, you've made something and they're like, I love this, I love this, I love this. And you're like, oh, it, it's going to be the same, right? Mm -hmm. Just your little babies, it's going to be a whole store full of other people's yarn, but it's still going to be something you've, you've curated your, yourself for others. It's going to be such an extension like of ourselves and like we have we have handpicked every color from every dyer like mm -hmm. we've like every single inch of the store is like something we are so fucking excited about all the way down to the like end tables that we have between chairs that and like the carpet we're gonna have behind the counter like nobody's gonna notice these things but we spent so much time picking it out and making sure it was absolutely perfect well, it's going to be like a home away from home, right? You want to walk yeah. in there and have it feel like that. Yeah. And I want people to walk in and I want them to know us. Like, I want this store to say, like, everything there is to know about us and the things that we care about and the mm -hmm. people that we care about. It's building community, which, yeah. like, for me, I know is so important. Like, I'm an introvert and I'm pretty qu quiet and private, typically. <laughs> Not when I'm talking <laughs> about yarn, sorry. But typically, and... Um, but, you know, I thrive, I also thrive on community, even though I may not be as involved in, it in the way some people are, I, knowing it's there is just really important. Mm -hmm. So creating that for yourselves and for like those, not just in the neighborhood, but that, that'll come from across Toronto and even outside of Toronto to see you is so special. And your yarn's going to be right in the front and center. Yay. Well, I can't, I don't know, front center. There's not really a center, but like, it'll be, it'll be real prominent. <laughs> I'm not worried at all. I'm not worried at all. People usually, when they come into a yarn shop, walk around, right? It's not like they just yeah. come in and say, oh, this is nice. And then like, you know, the first thing they see and walk out. So the first thing you see, like from the door, the first thing you see is like the whole back wall. That's like all this, this big elaborate display. So like, it's gotta be, it's gotta be like a showstopper, you know? It's gotta be perfect. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be good. Well, I'm so grateful that you, 
um, that you off chose to have me <laughs> in your store. I mean, like that's, yeah, that's pretty exciting. I also can't wait for people to like, just buy this all so we can get more <laughs> from you. And, like, <laughs> Keeping me busy. Yeah. I yeah. just need a down day first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. It'll it's be awful. good. Yeah. Are you nervous? Like, are you nervous that, I mean, it's not going to happen, but like, like you're nervous that like, what if it doesn't fly? That's a horrible thing to say, but like, because like, it's going, it's going to, but like, there's still going to be some nerves wrapped up in oh, that, right? Like I stopped having birthday parties at like 12 because I was too anxious that I would have a party and no one would show up, which literally never happened. My, the, my mom would plan the parties. They would always be great, but like just the anxiety of like what yeah. if this doesn't work was too much and like now it's that but also like like a thousandfold <laughs> well yeah because you've invested a lot of money and time and hopes and dreams and all to that right yeah <laughs> this is like the most stressful birthday party ever <laughs> Isaac had that birthday party last year we had a big open house for him because he turned 13 oh. so we just had an open house in the backyard and said anyone if you love him at all come and give him a hug <laughs> Like, like, you know, if you, if you, you know, come and give him a hug, you don't have to bring a present. It was just about, and we had a barbecue and he had a massive panic attack that morning. No one's going to show up. No one's going to show up. Cause I hadn't told them about all the people who had responded because I wanted it to be a surprise for him. Yeah. And I said, people are coming. He's like, no one's going to show up, whatever. And I'm like, they are, they are. And then he was in a production of Tommy, the who's Tommy. Cause he played 10 year old Tommy and all his a whole bunch of it. They're all adults, right? They all came. And um, yeah, a bunch of his friends from his other theater came and like just random friends and people like they came and I'm like, you know what? You are so loved and don't stress, right? And so it's going to be the same for you guys. It's like people are going to show up opening day, like a big thing. I'm sure it'll probably be like a big grand opening on a Saturday or something, right? You'll open. I assume it's a Saturday just because people are off. I don't know. I'm telling you what to do. Um, here's what you're doing, Kelsey. You know what? If someone else could plan this for me, that would be fine. That would be so I, fine by me. Okay. And here's the funny thing, right? Like if you could plan some of my business stuff for me, because it's easier because you aren't invested in the same way, Absolutely. right? And I'm not invested in your shop in the same way. Yeah. I am, but not in the same way. So it's easy for me to say, this is what you're going to do. And it's going to be amazing. Just like my friends who hawk my yarn better than I can do it because they're not attached to it the way that I am. Mm -hmm. So we could totally work on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can just like trade tasks. It'd be great. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, and it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I think so. I think of like um, Schitt's Creek when David and Patrick opened Rose Apothecary. I haven't and there was like it yet shut up no I know get right? on that now I know <laughs> what you will die I, and, I, I oh hearing I was watching it again too. we we've I've watched it so many times but then after <laughs> the big Emmy win we started watching it again I was like I want to watch it again and then I was just skating up your yarn tonight and I had some little thing on that just had snippets and it was just going from one to the next like funny scenes and um and I was just like, oh my God, I love it so much. Especially Dave and Patrick, which you have to wait till season three, four, but so worth it. <laughs> but anyway, they open a shop and like the morning they open it, like he's all nervous. No one's going to show up. And he gets there. Patrick's already inside. There's a lineup down the street and around the corner. It's a soft launch. They do a soft launch. Who are all these people? And uh, it's a huge success, right? And that's what I think. Of. I think it'll just be like that. So all these people will line up. and Yeah, it'll, that, cause that's the other thing. Cause like, I would love to have just a big, a big bunch of the diaries there it would be so yeah, amazing. I have like a freaking launch party, but obviously, especially with like, we're, we're heading into another lockdown right now. So like, that's mm. obviously not going to happen. So crazy. So it might be just like a zoom party or, or like, we'll have people like, we're, we're going to try to get a calendar that people can book like 15 minute time slots. Um, cause we also don't want a huge crowd of people in front of the store. Cause that's also not safe. Yeah. So it's like, that's kind of a bummer. It's a bit anticlimactic, eh? Right? Like you really want to have this big thing. But I also want people to not die. So yeah, there's that. Sacrifices. <laughs> so where can people find you other than our store? You can find me on Etsy under the Loving Path and Instagram the Loving Path Yarn. I will just say if you go to the Loving Path, 
that is a private account. So if you have to request to follow me, you've got the wrong one. It's also, it's also me, okay. but it's like my, yeah. So if you have to request, then you've got the wrong one. Just add yarn on the end at the Loving Path yarn. And that's me. Um, and then there's also a Facebook page, the Loving Path. Exciting. Is that good? Do you want more? No, that's good. I mean, if there yeah. is more. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us. We yeah. It was lovely to be here. Well, and imaginary John, who's just sitting over there in the corner. Yeah, it was wonderful to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I look there. forward to coming down when the shop is all set up and seeing it in all its glory. It's going to be amazing.